Well, hello, and welcome to Black Men Speak, a podcast that highlights ordinary Black men doing extraordinary things, not only to inspire, but also empower men to be the best that they can be. I'm your host, Keith Dent, and it's great to be back. Uh, We are closing out August, and it is Black Business Month. So one thing we're not going to do tonight is we're not going to focus on products or services, but one of the things that can have a major impact on what you project in your business or service to customers is your image. So I know you've heard the old adage that the picture is worth a thousand words, and that continues to hold true in the digital age. Across online platform, images have been proven to boost performance and engagement. Now we as people are wired to value images. People remember only 10% of information three days after hearing it. But on average, if you add a picture, it can prove recall to 65%. Nearly two thirds of people say they're visual learners. And then consumers are significantly more likely to think favorably of ads that emphasize photography over just text. Now, given the powerful pull of images, it's no surprise that they're valued by brands. And marketers rank images the most important content type ahead of text and video. Uh, And what about images and articles? Images are powerful on their own, but when mixed, they can become even more impactful. Audience consistently respond well to the combination of words and visuals. So when it comes to black men, how does it impact business? Or how are we portrayed in general? Well, in 20, there was a 2020 Fast Company article that I ran across on how media and creatives portray black people. And it stated that 75% and this, po- this quote that I pulled out is that 75% of white Americans report having social networks comprised entirely of whites with no minority presence. According to a PRRI American Values study, this lack of meaningful relationships with people of color means that the images that get circulated in media, TV, and film carry all the weight in developing the majority of white Americans' perception of people of color. So in other words, when it comes to black men, media of all types collectively offer distorted representation of the lives and the reality of black males. In turn, media consumption and attitudes related to black males, um, including the understandings of the attitudes of black males themselves. And then finally, these distorted understandings and attitudes towards black males lead to a negative real world consequence for them. So that's powerful um, that how we are portrayed in media and in images can have a real world effect. So my next guest is someone that understands this far too well and is doing something to change the narrative. His name is Steve Jones and he's the founder and CEO of Pock Stock, a company that is just laser focused on changing the way the world sees people of color and the way we see ourselves. They unapologetically showcase stunning images highlighting the many pigmentations, features, lifestyles, fashion, and cultures that make melanated people 
so beautifully diverse. So if you are someone that uses images, uh, you really need to subscribe to Pockstock because you're going, it's going to transform your business. But I'm not going to say much about that yet. We're going to get into it. I'm going to bring Steve up and we're going to talk about just his company and this, this, uh, the message of images in general and how it's portrayed in the media and how it affects not only our view of ourselves, but also business. So, hey, Steve, what's up? Brother, how hey, you what's doing? up, Keith? Thanks for having me on the on the on the show here. I appreciate it. Oh, um, it's my it's my pleasure. You no, know, every time you uh, mention those stats, it's sobering. It's like people don't really realize how much our images impact how other cultures, even how we interact with ourselves. Like it's it, it's so impactful. So you know, thank thanks for having me, and hopefully uh, by the end of this conversation, everyone will see why images are everything. Great. Yes, absolutely. So I know I kind of gave a, a nice description of Pockstock. So did, did I leave anything out? And is there anything additional that you'd like to add so people really get a true idea of what the organization is about? Sure. Well, myself, my 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 amazing partners, Tamara Fleming and Deshaun Brown, we were, we're really on a mission to change the narrative around people of color. So we built the platform uh, and, and an agency that's really centered around delivering positive images of people of color, making those accessible to anyone um, who's looking to really tell the stories of people of color in a, in, in a real meaningful, authentic and positive way. So there's a lot of imagery out there about black men, you know, about black women, you know, it's, it's not, it's not recent. So it's been uh, decades and decades of the media depicting us in a certain way. And that translates into all aspects of our lives. So from hiring to healthcare, to policing, uh, to access to uh, resources, all of those things are based on how people perceive us, whether they perceive our humanity, our vulnerability, our, our strength, all of those things are based on what people have been seeing and inundated with over the past several decades, as long as there's been media. Hmm. So Pockstock is really here to help balance out that narrative by putting out the images you don't normally see, um, you know, of, of people of color, black, Hispanic, Asian, and indigenous uh, people of all different background styles, gender IDs, um, body types, hairstyles, uh, lifestyles, you know, we're not um, a monolith in any way, shape mm. or form. You know, there's black people of all types. So we right. want to make sure we showcase everything that makes us beautiful. It's very difficult in today's day and age because it's very, everything is uh, very divisive and polarizing, but we look past all of that and we balance it out with nothing but beautiful images of, of us. What people should take away from Pockstock is that we're on a mission. It's it's this problem didn't start today, and we're not going to solve it tomorrow. But every single day, you know, we're working with companies, businesses. We're consulting with folks around how to best engage us in the workplace. We're tackling diversity issues that make sure that people understand that. You know, you have a trigger word for me when you said minority, but. Um, you know, we're, we're the global majority. And I'll, right. I'll say that in every time I get a chance because, you know, people play games with numbers and they show 
Blacks, Hispanics, Asians, Indigenous people as minority, quote unquote, minorities mm -hmm. in this country. But if you look at the global population of, of, of the actual planet, people of color are, are the majority. Um, and over the next 20 years in the United States, people of color will be the majority population of the United States. So you can no longer um, take our presence, our dollars, our humanity for granted. Like, you know, that's, that's something that we're laser focused on being a part of that change. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that is true. We are become we are the global majority, but I guess here and maybe other countries try to minimize that. So what made you decide to um, create this venture? So I, uh, my, in my previous life, I, I ran a digital award-winning digital marketing agency. And as a result, I was working with a lot of Fortune 500 companies, developing marketing campaigns, you know, websites, social media content, digital assets. And, you know, it was really trying to find, I was trying to find images of people of color to use in our campaigns. And it was very difficult to find it. And this is really, um, you know, as far back as 10 years ago. Wow. But, you know, I was already wrapped up in running a small business and trying to keep that afloat. And, you know, all the things that go along with that payroll and hiring and firing yeah. and chasing new clients. So I didn't have time to really process what a solution would look like. I just knew there was a problem and, you know, we did what everyone else did. We came up with a, a patch, a patch job for, for the fix. We may stitch two images together. We may cut someone out of an image and put them in, mm. you know, so just to try to make it look a little bit more diverse. And, but in the back of my mind, it was a, it was a problem that I knew one day, if given the time I would try to help solve. So, you know, um, when I spoke, when I decided to start, the company i reached out to tamara fleming who's one of the most amazing photographers in new jersey um and you know she had the same challenges from a photographer's lens my other partner deshawn also worked at agency you know uh, ad agencies working mm. with global brands he had the same problem so we decided to you know get together and um and really kick off this this mission uh so it was really out of necessity so we experienced a problem in the marketplace it was an unmet need we decided to step up and, and really do something about it and um you know we could have easily said you know let's put a few thousand images together and you know have a small collection but it's a global problem and we came with a global solution so Poxstock is poised to be the world's largest uh diversity uh, uh media company I mean, and that's amazing. And I, you just don't even really think about when you start to pull images or trying to, to piece together just to get the message that you wanted. And that the fact that even photographers were also would have challenges, I guess, trying to create the right image that they had would have to sell. So, and it, that it lasted for so long. Yeah, no, think about it. You know, there's a certain way you need to light our skin. You know, our the lighting for darker skin tones needs to be a certain way. You need photographers with that level of experience, or even if they have the right photographs going out to the marketplace, it wasn't popular to have certain looks lead your campaign. Like right now, if you turn on the TV, mm. you're going to see people that look like everyday people. Flashback 10 years ago, everyone had one archetype. 
like everyone looked almost like a cookie cutter. If you wanted an image of a black woman to be your on your website as you know, on the customer service page or the about us page, it was just the one curly hair, you know, right, you know, relatively light skin tone sister. And then everyone else was kind of excluded from from that that sort of uh, standard. So nowadays, you know, when we show up, you, you can see us of all body sizes. It's beautiful. You see women, you know, with natural hair, you see them with different styles and they just get to show up as themselves now. And that's a beautiful thing. You know, um, yeah. it wasn't that it wasn't that way even five, 10 years ago. You know, there was the same cookie cutter sort of uh, folks that, that were being shown. So, you know, that's a key part of the, the Pockstock mission as well is to, to show the beauty in every person of color, not just the ones that traditional media has found beautiful. And I'm saying those folks are not beautiful right. too, but it's not the full picture. Yeah. And I, I went on the site and I, I thought it was something as subtle as um, I think someone on the beach or, and it was, I think doing gymnastics or something, something to that effect where, whereby you may not, someone that's uh, trying to use the image may not even think that, oh wait, black people do gymnastics too. Or yeah, they go to the beach. So how come you, how come we can't feature, <laughs> feature us on the beach uh, or just in the water, you know? And it's just, and just having an image like that could really change the aspect of what you're trying to portray as a business or service. Well, think about it. Think about the, the, the public perception of black people's relationship with water. You know, it's like sisters don't want to, you know, get their hair wet. We, we go to the pool and we stand around the pool and we don't go. You heard the comedians do all the jokes. Yeah. No, we, we jet ski, we scuba dive, <laughs> you know, yeah. we, 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 we do it all. It's just, it, it doesn't match the, the narrative that been, that's been constantly put out there. Like, you know, plenty of us swim um, or know how to swim. You know, some of us have boats, uh, you know, some of yeah. us like to go to the tropics and actually get in the water. And, and, <laughs> and, you know, it's just it's just yeah. not being put out there. So that, that's really what we want to do. Like we want to make sure that people start because think about how many images that we've seen of black men getting thrown in the back of police cars. That used to be every single night mm. on every single news channel. And how shocking it was to see Bill Cosby being a doctor and his wife being a lawyer, them being married, raising kids. How shocking mm. was that? How right. impactful was it for the cast of, of a different world, you know, to show this is life on, on, a, on campus of an H HBCU, HBCU. Yeah, 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 HBCU, right? And how 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 the enrollment, the the enrollment levels of, of of those colleges just went through the roof because people got to see it. Like, wow, that's that's what it looks like. Like a lot of us didn't know what that looked like. Seeing a black president, right. you know, like it is like some of these images shock the consciousness of you know, uh, of black America for us to even see it. So mm -hmm. imagine how shocking it is for white America to see it. If it's shocking for us to see ourselves that way. Right. Absolutely. So that's, that's why part of our mantra isn't just to show the world. It's to also show ourselves, show our, right. our, our kids. Like, look, you don't have to just be a basketball player or a rapper as the only two choices. 
right? There's a whole host of other things that we do. Now, there's nothing wrong with basketball and rapping, you know, but I'm saying it's not the only two choices. It's like right. you could be an engineer. You could be, you know, you could be a, a, a artist. You could be a, a blogger, a podcast. Like it's, it's, it's so many different choices out there, you know, so, yeah. but they have to see it in order to kind of then live into it. So I'm glad you 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 went this way because I wanted to ask, um, you know, do you feel like the images and and this black men specific? Because you know, as I mentioned, that article is that, and I know that was before George Floyd and all of that. But the fact that our images were portrayed in a negative light, and so do you feel that um, that has changed, or is it different today? And if so, how is it different? Um. Has it changed? In some places, I think it has changed because um, there's more of us showing up in different things, uh, in, in different ways, in, in some ways that I just mentioned. So you are seeing more of us uh, selling, uh, you know, Geico insurance and, and you know, <laughs> and, and other services. Like you see, you see more black male um, representation in movies and in, in, in uh, places and being the lead role, you know, Black Panther and, and, you know, like there's certain people that are kicking down doors so that it's not as risky or shocking to see a Black person in that role. And I, 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 I dare I dream a day where it doesn't even matter anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? Like one day, none of this should matter anymore. You know, not 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 that your blackness shouldn't matter, but I always cringe on social media when I see someone post, this is the first this, this is the first black this, the first black that. It's like, yeah, I want to celebrate, but I'm also tired of this being the first black anything. Like we right. we should be past that by now. So some of the images that you've seen historically that were negative, you know, they're still out there, but now there's a, a little bit more of a balance. I'd say you know, I'm talking strictly advertising and marketing. Yeah, from, from mm -hmm. that standpoint mm -hmm. I, and, and, you know, and media in general, I think there's a, a little bit more of a balance than ever before. I don't see as many of us getting thrown in and out of police cars as before uh, on the, as, as, as entertainment, you know what I mean? Like that, that, that was uh, news porn back in the 80s and 90s, just strings of us just being thrown in and out of police cars and incarcerated and all mm. that stuff and then you know that made other cultures afraid of us because we came off it they they painted the pictures that we were so violent and all this it's and all this nonsense there, there's no evidence that black people are any more violent than any other cultures the whole myth of black on black crime is is it, it's it's a hoax mm. it's an absolute hoax you know people do commit crimes in their proximity. So the rate of black on black crime is a similar rate as white on white crime. Right. Right. It's, it's just, it's not what you hear on the news. There is no such thing as white on white crime, although it's at the same rate that blacks commit crimes against other blacks because we live well, in they, certain they just call it, yeah. Well, they just call it crime. They just call it crime. That's it. They just call it crime. And so, yeah. which yeah. would, would probably change the narrative on how we're viewed or you know just what black men are in general we're not all one we're not all criminals one and two like you, just as you said you know it's based on proximity and you know if 
if someone in your neighborhood and it's in your neighborhood, it's not, and they just happen to be all black. Um, so is there, what are, is there actual things that, and I'm, I know our, this is, I know you have images of everyone, but you know, we're speaking from a kind of a black man, black male perspective. Sure. Are there things that we can do proactively to change the image of how we're portrayed? Uh, there's a lot, <laughs> but, but you, you don't want me to, you don't want to. Maybe, have... maybe we'll just deal with three things. We don't have to go, <laughs> we don't have to do a whole, whole paper on it, but. No, I, I, I think there's, there's a few things. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's from a few different perspectives and I, I don't want black Twitter chasing me down the information superhighway um, after this, uh, after this conversation. But I, I would say that I think that black men we carry a lot of weight we carry a lot of pressure we carry a lot of additional stress that people don't really realize what we go through on a daily basis just to show up so it's it's a miracle when i see a black man smile like to me that is and i, I don't mean every black man there's some black men that are living a life of privilege and you know they don't have to be in constant looking over their shoulder. I'm not talking about those guys. That's beautiful. I'm glad mm. you made it to that level. I'm talking to the folks who walk the street and, um, you know, have to look over their shoulders all the time. There's a tremendous amount of pressure in those situations. And I just, I, I would say you show up differently when you're, when you're healed, like mm. when you're not, when you're taking the time to not process everything through the, the lens of um, everybody's out to get me every like defensive and everybody's out to get me. Mm. You show up so differently to the world when you can take all of that off. And sometimes that just means getting out from your day to day routine, taking a trip somewhere, even if it's to another borough, another state, another town, just get out of the environment for a little bit, clear your head, get your mental health together. And then, you know, you can, you can be different. You can show up, as your full self for the world. Cause it's like, I, I, I gotta be honest. Like I grew up in Bed-Stuy and mm. it, it, during the crack epidemic. So the, the murder rate was through the roof. You know, there was, it was, it was a very, everything you hear in the rap songs about that time period is real. You know, I lived it, I seen it. And so I carried around a lot of angst and a lot of anger, a lot of pressure. Mm. Uh, to be a certain way, to toughen up, to bottle it in, to hold it in, to just keep going. And, you know, I got three boys and I try to make sure I don't put that on them. You know oh, what I mean? Wow. Like, okay. yeah, because I don't want them to then walk around with a big chip on their shoulders and a big set of anxiety for performing at gotta be, you have to do all of that and still try to outperform everyone else. You gotta be twice as good as everyone else. Right. Right. And, and still look out, you know, feel like, you know, like you're, it's like all of that pressure is like, I would say, if you ever want to show up as your full self, you got to get all that stuff off. You got to get all that stuff off your plate. Like, wow. Okay. Yeah. So people don't, I'm sorry, go ahead. No. So that that's interesting because, you know, would you say it was environmental that caused you to take on that? I guess, and I wanted to say armor for lack of a better word, to take on that armor. And then how long did it take you to remove that? 
Wow. Um, so it, it's, it was environmental. You know, I was in a rough environment. You can't be soft and, and, and come through Bed-Stuy unscathed, you know, the way I did. It was the environment, rough environment. I think just being a Black man in general, um, cops, you know, harassing you for no reason, you know, um, you really sometimes do feel like you're the the, the bottom of, of the rung. Even and that happened to you before, being harassed? Oh, plenty of times. Yeah. I, I was jogging and I got pulled over and, and thrown on a gun to my head, uh, mm. you know, let patted down and let go. During the Giuliani era in New York, it, cops had carte blanche to just do whatever they wanted and there was no recourse. You know, I was pulled out of a taxi cab at, coming home from a nightclub wow. and pulled out, put on the, club, on, on the hood of the car, searched, gun to my head. Then wow. no no apologies, just go about your business. Just just because. Yeah. Just because. Just because. And they didn't that, give that, you a reason, they didn't say anything. I I fit the description. Oh man. Um, you know, that that wasn't the exact reason, but that's that's all it was. Mm. You know. I apparently should not have been in a taxi cab for my own safety coming home two in the morning, you know, after drinking. And, and, you know, my early 20s, like I was 22, 23 years old, mm. um, you know, for my safety, I took a, a taxi cab home and I was pulled over. But, you know, I, I completed all of that. I, I don't carry around any of that with me today. So that's not happening to me today. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen to other people. But, yeah, no. So we carry around all of that with us all the time. And I'm just saying you got to let a lot of that just go. You cannot walk around with all of that weighing you down because that's what you bring into your next situation mm. well that's um thanks for sharing that uh because i know that can i mean for certain people depending on your makeup that can stay with you and like you said can carry how you interact not only with the world but also your your kids also your your spouse or girlfriend and that can really have a major impact on just your health as well yeah, no, absolutely. And I'll tell you this, uh, my wife and I have been together for 20 years. And um, I would say that this is a course that I took probably 15 years ago that helped me to process a lot of the things from my past that I was carrying around with me. And um, it, it was it was a three day course called Landmark Education. I'm not mm -hmm. a spokesperson for them, but it did change my trajectory because up until that point, I carried around everything that I ever experienced in life right here on my mm. shoulder, daring somebody to knock it off. Right. And it was like, I, I, I was able to unburden myself of all of that and just be myself, like just find me and find a clear space in my head to really just create and, and, and not carry all the stress of everything I've ever been through. Um, that's why people repeat patterns because they don't complete one thing and start something new. They just mm. keep kind of cycling right. through. So, right. yeah, and it's as a black man, that's a dangerous thing to do is repeat cycles because we don't have a we don't have blueprints for all the positive cycles. Like when when other cultures repeat cycles, they pass businesses to each other, they pass wealth to each other, they pass inheritance to each other. You know, those those are those are the cycles that they publicize that they're they're known for. So that's what we kind of know from them. 
but we we don't have a legacy of passing you know generational wealth to each other yet and you know those those are the cycles that i'd like to see us start to think about and talk out loud about how do we make each other rich and wealthy and how do we you mm. know, help unlock those opportunities for people so you know that's part of pox stocks mission as well we, we're trying to create revenue streams for our contributors and uh, especially oh, okay. our contributors of color absolutely i mean that's a, a great segue for contributors if there's someone that does have a gift of you know creating Im great images especially images of color how do how do they get involved um so you you can go to poxdoc.com and hit the contribute button it'll okay. show you it'll give you some basic information of what it takes to be a stock contributor it's not as easy as just snapping a picture and, mm. and selling it there are some rules uh rules to the game so um like things like model releases things like mm, right. you know uh, making sure that there are no logos and branding in in the photos and they're shot well and lit well and that's you know, interesting because you know we love our logos and stuff we love our <laughs> logos we love to look like we have what we don't have um, <laughs> but i would say that um you know we we do provide some guidance uh you know you just have to have a good a good eye your, your photos just have to be dope and we can figure out the rest as long as you got you know some talent some skills we can't necessarily we're not a teaching organization but we we will give a chance and and um to you know you don't have to be a like a established professional photographer because there's people out there just capturing moments that are just so beautiful and they, this this might be their first time shooting we don't we don't really care about that but there are some rules you got to know about meta tagging, model releases, you know, guidelines, advertising guidelines, things like that. Those things can be taught. Yeah. Great, great. That's fantastic. I wanted to talk about that because you mentioned it, but I do want to go back because I know you mentioned how you were able to, for lack of take off the chip on the shoulder. But then you also you talked about mental health, yeah. um, and so since that. Um, class do you find that you have incorporated more mental health in your daily life and if so how have you done that and how has it helped um so i would say this it's an ongoing thing um and i'm a workaholic by trade so i my last company i was working 14 16 hours a day seven wow. days a week no real vacations so as a result, the way I was showing up for my family was exhausted all the time, cranky sometimes mm. and not and not present at the things that I needed to be present for. I was there. I'm, I'm home every day. So you can't say I'm out, you know, not being there from. Right. But there's a difference between being there and really being present. Right. And I wasn't being present. So it, it, because I would work and I would come home and I would just pass out like I would I would I would leave everything on the field at work and come home and I, I would be spent. Mm. And um, when I closed that company, I took a year and a half and I really balanced myself. And, you know, I stayed home. I you know, went on class trips with my kids. I, you know, went to cheerleading competition, swimming, pull, you know, I, 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 I was really a stay at home dad for like a year and a half. And that helped me to really get my balance and get my my mental health in order. And did your family have to have a sit down with you or is it something that you did the, you did the assessment on your own? Cause you know, sometimes 
kids can say the darndest things and they might have yeah. brought that to your attention. Well, no, my, my kids didn't have a, for, for their entire lives, I was this way. So they didn't have anything to compare mm -hmm. it to. Mm -hmm. It was my wife. Um, a friend of mine uh, named Mike, we were down in Asbury Park and he was telling me about, you know, the business. And he's like, you, you know, you're, you're giving us your all, but you're not happy. So why keep doing it? And I found out later that my wife turned to him and said, thank you. Like, <laughs> just thank you. Because she knew how much that business meant to me because she's seen how much I put into it. And she's right. seen how much how, how, she was very supportive. She never tried to, you know, tell me to slow down my dream, but I was putting everything into it. And it wasn't just a business. I spent so much time just helping people. Mm. Like I have a passion for helping people. So I would work a full-time job and then help people in the other part and then not leave a lot left for, for my family. So okay. after that moment is when I really realized, you know, Mike, Mike told me that my wife said, thank you. And I was like, oh man, you know, that that's kind of heartbreaking that, yeah. you know, she's, she's like strong, she's supportive. Um, but the cost of me not being present, put it on, put a little bit more weight and more pressure on her to kind of, you know, handle a lot more than she needed to. So now we have a better balance. You know, I, okay. I kind of take on a lot more and I'm still a workaholic, but I reduced my work days to four days a week instead of seven. Wow. Um, and that's, uh, that's a big, that's a big leap. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. And I, I put people in place at Pockstock to do the things that would normally put me in a position where I have to choose uh, to work those kind of hours. So I have the help that I need. So asking for help is something I've never done. And now that I, now that I have people in place that can help, you know, take on some of the load, uh, my uh, chief operating officer, Derek, uh, he is a beast. He's a workaholic, just like me. And he does all the things that if he wasn't there, I would be working 16 hours a day. Okay. Uh, so I kind of put some things in place to prevent me from being that guy again. But it, uh, but it, and it feels good to be able to, to do that. Cause we do have, we can have that image where we don't need to ask for help or being vulnerable is a sign of weakness because that's kind of, and it goes back to the images and how our images are portrayed as these supermen, these, you know, the king and that in what, what that all means, as opposed to someone that can step back and say, look, I know I'm, I have this business, but yet I can still put myself in a position where I'm the show up for other parts of my life. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and 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 we're not looked at Superman as in a positive hero way. We're looked at Superman like we we need to be taking on a lot, getting heaped on our shoulders. Um, you know, Father's Day just passed and we did our second annual Black Dad Challenge where we spotlight black men and black fathers because there's the the image of black men is usually we got ten kids by eight different baby mothers and you know, we're back on child support and all, all that nonsense that people put out. And when you look at the numbers, you know, black men spend as much or more time with their kids right. as any other culture. The difference is we don't have the same marriage rates. So they measure how present we are by how married we are. 
and that's not the same thing mm. right so right. so you know not not to put anything against anyone who is you know uh, or or not to let anyone off the hook who's not handling their responsibilities because there are men out there who are not handling their responsibilities but that's not at a different rate than any other race or any other culture right and right. So I, I do think that, you know, as a, as a black man, just being vulnerable is taboo. Like it's something that, that for as long as I've been alive, you know, being soft, you know, it's, it's less manly or it's, it's been portrayed as being less of a man if you're, if you're not like hard or, or tough or whatever. And, you know, I, I don't put any of that on. That's how I was raised, but I don't put that on any of my kids uh, to, to, for them to have to be you know, super tough and all that. I, mentally tough, yes, to be able to stick with something, with your commitments. If you make a commitment, stick with it. If you say you're going to be somewhere, be early, you know, um, you know, because being on time is late and late is unacceptable. So that that's the sort of uh, discipline that I give to my, my kids. But right. in terms of growing up in a rough environment, you know, these kids are growing up in the suburbs. You know, my kids go to private school and I bust my hump to make sure that they don't have to go through all of the things that I went through, you know, when I was growing up. So, but yeah, no, it, it's, it's very difficult for a black man to be emotional, vulnerable, all those things. Although we are, you know, we probably right. go behind those scenes with our women, yeah, but absolutely. not, I, you know, but no, we, we have to be, let me tell you something. The reason why the past year has been this diversity focused uprising is because George Floyd cried out for his mother while he was being murdered. And that showed his humanity. That showed his vulnerability. That showed mm. that this big guy, this big black guy that they expect to go down shooting, you know, or, or, or whatever. He, 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 he cried out for his mother, his mama. And, mm. and, and they interpreted that they were, he was crying out for his mother. Right. And that's what called people to action, because that's another one of those images, shocking images when people see it. Right. You don't expect right. a big man like that to, to cry out for his, for his mother. Right. Right. Um, and even Eric Garner before that, when he, you know, just had his hands up and he was saying he can't, can't, can't breathe. breathe. Right. And so it was clear that he and he was a big he was a big man. Right. And the fact that, you know, he had his hands up and you thought that would have triggered it a little more and maybe because it was too local and it wasn't uh it was new york and you know we have the image like oh yeah that happens in new york all the time as opposed right. to when it was in the midwest probably really had a lot more impact because you just don't expect these kinds of things to happen right yeah right. so yeah no, absolutely so you did mention the black dads challenge what and you already mentioned why why you wanted to do it but what was the overall impact that you felt or that dads who participated felt? So uh, it was a brainstorm with myself and uh, some members of my team, Derek and, and a couple of other folks. We, we, we're all black dads and, um, you know, we all have black sons and it was a terrifying moment last year. So it was born out of, it, out of the, the whole George Floyd uh, mm. moment, right? So he's a yeah. black dad. Right. right. So George Floyd was a black dad, but the images that they're going to show of him were not going to be the positive images of him holding his daughter. They want to show images that almost look like a mugshot so they can mm. say he was big and menacing and scary right. black guy, you know. Um, but, you know, 
what has happened since, um, you know, is, and I hope, you know, in small part, it's because of the Black Dad Challenge, is that, you know, Black men, and I, I guess, you know, it, it's very hard to determine, right? Because I know how social media works and the content reinforces what you like and believe. So I see more content of positive black men in my feed because that's what I'm also, you know, out there looking for. So I see more of it. So I hope more people are seeing what I see in my feed, but I've seen a lot more content show up of positive black stories, black male stories than the ones that I used to see, Um, Mm. you know, and I will say that up until the weekend of July 4th, 2020, when uh, the NFAC marched with um, AR style rifles through Atlanta. And NFAC stands for? Not effing around coalition. Oh, okay. So it's a black militia, organized black militia. And until they marched, hundreds and hundreds of black organized people marching in, in, in sync. Um, until that moment, uh, the Black Lives Matter protest was on the news every day. And that after that weekend, you have not seen any protests on a regular basis on any sort of news. And wow, that's interesting. I don't even yeah, you don't even think about it. But I, I guess. Yeah. No, and you I, wouldn't know that's the catalyst because I'd never even heard of this organization. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's <laughs> they were real. So they show up wherever white militias show up, and they show up armed. They show up organized, well provisioned. Uh, they're not pointing pointing guns or anything. They show up as a countermeasure, and um, you know, for what it's worth, I, I don't endorse them or denounce them or anything. I just I just found it interesting mm-hmm. that you know, that was an image of black men that the media did not want on their screens. Hundreds of black men showing up, you know, uh, with with arm to the teeth with AR stuff and women, black men and women showing Mm -hmm. up, knowing how to use their weapons, uh, being gun owners and and marching. That was an image that the media immediately shut down. Amazing. yeah, so they're, they're, that's one of the things that no one talks about, but I, I, I pay attention, and you know, I, I can't say that's the exact reason. I'm just saying it's very timely that they both happen at the same time. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. That that's awesome, and and fascinating. So I can't wait to look it up, and, and and hear more about it. Just just to be more knowledgeable about what's out there, because. You know, I, I had a young man that was on and he 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 started um, buying guns. He was in the military, but, you know, he was doing it as a protection, not only just a protection for his family, but uh, he also wanted to do it the right way, uh, sure. not just to be carrying a gun, but, you know, knowing the right way, how to clean your gun and all that stuff. And he was, you know, he didn't have an idea because he was in the military, but he had been out of, the, out of that for a while. So that's actually um, interesting uh, to hear about. So. Yeah. Thank, thank you for that. Yeah. So, no, there, there are plenty of black gun owners and, um, you know, it's the second amendment applies to every American, every law abiding American. So. Right. But even that image is always negatively portrayed, you know, right. with gun owners, but gun owners to do harm, 
as opposed right. to protection, which has a whole different uh, connotation. So, so yeah, th this has been great. I really love this. Um, and I didn't expect to come here and talk about guns. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and so like I always do, I always like to end the show with a much deeper question because it's something that we don't talk about. And so the question always is, is what is on your mind uh, as a black man right now? Um, what is on my mind? Um, there's, there's a, there's a few things on my mind. Um, number one is always my family. So, uh, seeing where things are going, um, you know, for the past 10 years, I've been saying that this country is headed for a civil war. Um, what that war looks like, whether it's physically a civil war or if it's cyber or just war of words, I don't know. But I, I've seen the country becoming more divisive and divided. And I think about my kids and, um, you know, how to prepare them for what that would look like. It's, it's, it's always heavily on my mind. You know, I have boys. My son just got his uh, driver's license. So that means he's going to be another relatively big black man on the road. Mm. So I worry about that. Um, my daughter just went away to Howard. Uh, she's on the campus. I worry about her and, and that. So those my, my, my kids are, are, are always on my mind, um, you know, in terms of the, you know, I grew up in a tough environment. They're growing up in a different type of tough environment. Um, and, you know, I just I want to prepare them to navigate it. I can't protect them you mm -hmm. know, every second of the day or whatever. But what I can do is try to prepare them on how to handle handle themselves no matter what comes their way and and that's what i try to do um so yeah that that's that's fantastic so um i want to say thank you for that and for those that who are listening um that have businesses or you need images in any way where you want to portray uh people of color uh, in a positive light, smiling, doing things different that you may, that you normally see, uh, you need to be a subscriber of Pockstock because there's not going to be a place where you have images that represent you. So by all means, you should look into that. It's in it's Pockstock.com. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So Pockstock.com, you really need to look into that. You know, I've done my part to try to get um, the company in front of, because um, I am a blogger uh, for a company called Your Tango, and I, I moved it up the chain so they can make sure in their relationship articles that they represent people of color in love, smiling, and uh, in family-oriented environment. So, Steve, I thank you for being on tonight, and... Um, in the last, if you have any last words, feel free to share it right here. No, um, you know, I appreciate you, Keith. You, you've always been solid uh, ever since I met you many years ago. It's a good brother. Um, so thank you for having me on here. Um, the only thing I'll say is that this is uh, Black Business Month. We got two more days. Uh, support Pock Stock, support any Black owned business um, this month. Buy something, don't ask for a discount. Uh, you know, pay them and pay them well. Um, and make sure that 
you that black businesses are successful you know that that's incumbent upon all of us to make sure black businesses are successful in this moment in time that's right we got two days left go to go get a coffee uh lunch breakfast buy some t-shirts there's a whole lot of stuff you can you can do to support black businesses so feel free to do so yeah absolutely thank you thank you um This was a great conversation I had with Steve. One thing that really stuck with me is how much baggage African-American men carry around each day that keeps us from smiling. Let's start taking steps to alleviate that pain so the image of a strong, loving, caring black man that's inside can match what we show outside. Black Men Speak was written and produced and edited by me, Keith Dent. You can find previous episodes wherever you get your favorite podcasts. As you know, we like to end with the show with a quote, and this one comes from Jay-Z. I'm hungry for knowledge. The whole thing is to learn every day to get brighter and brighter. That's what this world is about. You look at someone like Gandhi, he glowed. Martin Luther King glowed. Muhammad Ali glowed. I think that's from being bright all the time and trying to be brighter. This is Keith Dent from the Black Men Speak podcast. Peace.